welcome everybody. This is Lost Arts Radio, and we're in the series Conversations with Gabriel with Dr. Gabriel Cousins. And today, I have to welcome you to, in the Northern Hemisphere anyway, the summer solstice, June 21st. And um, we're talking to everybody in both hemispheres right now, but this is what happens in the Northern Hemisphere on the longest day of the year. So it's known as the summer solstice, and Dr. Cousins has a presentation based on that. It's amazing, but nature in the middle of all the insanity of humans is actually still operating, and there's a connection between nature and human life, and that harmony can uh, be one of the main factors in bringing back sanity while there's still time to do that. So we'll let Dr. Cousins explain how that works, and welcome Dr. Cousins. Thanks for coming. Okay, well, Thank you, Richard. I'm uh, always pleased to be with you <clears throat> and with the whole audience. Um, we'll start with a prayer merging the heavens and the earth. So our flow is going to be uh, go right into a topic that I think is very pertinent. And then we'll dance and we'll meditate. And let's start with the meaning of the solstice. Uh, It's known that on times of solstice and equinoxes, there is a greater ability to transmit energy. So in 1984, they started the Peace 21 meditation. Now, what does that mean? Well, equinox and solstice are usually in the 20th to the 22nd uh, in those months. So we picked 21 in the middle. And so today, it's the time where we send out energy for the healing of the planet and it's more amplified now people thought well that's interesting tell us how that works Um, and it actually does work now how is uh, is measurable so let me explain that since 1973 there's been over 300 studies of the power of meditation in affecting consciousness. Uh, There's a study in Rhode Island where 350 meditators went in. They meditated at least an hour or uh, twice a day. And there was a a 43% drop in all crime. And I mean, I'm talking about rapes and car thefts and, uh, you know, armed robbery and murders Okay, people thought that, well, gosh, these people in three months, they dropped the crime rate 43%. We might as well just hire meditators. We don't need the police. Um, But uh, people said, yeah, it's probably a fluke. So they came back the next summer. There are 350 meditators to Rhode Island. It's not the biggest state, but still, it's not a lot of meditators. And they had a 49% drop in the crime rate of all types of crimes, particularly violent crime. 
So we have kind of a hint that when people meditate collectively, you've got something good happening that affects the energy of violence. Now, this experiment has been done also in the Middle East um, and also uh, in the time of the uh, Torah, the biblical times, they, they, they had a saying, five will chase away a hundred, and a hundred will chase away ten thousand. So it's a pretty clear statement that when people meditate collectively, it makes a big difference. Now, the the data is, is as I mentioned, interesting, um, and it somehow is connected to the, uh, actually affects the whole solar system. They, they, they studied, Dr. Burrow Payne studied um, the effect of this piece 21 on the sunspots. And he found that compared to the four years before they started doing the piece 21, the uh, sunspots were significantly lower. So that is a, it's a sense and some of the meditations on that particular day, on the 21st, which is either equinox or solstice, what actually happens is the we affect the solar system. We're actually affected by the sunspots. Uh, but this effect lasts for about three weeks, and we've uh, used it in, in many ways. As they say, we've been doing it um, in... Uh, Another research, I think it was by Dr. William Tiller from Stanford, showed that uh, when 1% of a community was meditating, and the community size was 25,000, that there was a uh, 16% decrease in crime rate. And I'm not saying meditating in one room, just 1% in a community. So we really do have a way to uh, affect consciousness. So we we carried this on, started, as I said, started in Toronto, but we really carried it on uh, in Sonoma County, uh, California. And from 1985 until now, we've already done two of these today, actually. Um, it's better when we do it all at the same time, but we are going to get a chance to be led through the meditation, the visualization of meditation. Um, and we're kind of making the statement that peace isn't just an external political thing. You know, it's it's a, an active sevenfold process of those uh, in the body, the mind, the family, the community, the different cultures, plant, animal, and human cultures, spiritual ecology, where we understand we're one with the planet, and then peace with God. So the, the goal is to have peace on all the, all the different levels. Um, so we also did this as a harmonic convergence. We did a whole meditation that way, too. So we... And again, it affects what's going on. Now, the idea is to get a critical mass. So I'm showing it to you today, but I am actually recommending and suggesting that 
we start doing this visualization uh, every every day, and uh, particularly can do it at the same time. So for me, uh, where I am, it's 10 p.m. at night is when we're going to suggest it. And if you're on the East Coast, that's going to be 3 p.m. And if you're on the West Coast, it's going to be noon. Uh, wherever else you are in the world, that's what it is. But uh, the idea is if we all build this over time, we will be able to more permanently affect uh, and uplift the consciousness of the planet. And that's uh, really the, the point here. So we actually have the technology to do it. You know, um, uh, Dr. Tiller talked about the uh, a group field effect. That's what we're talking about. And, and this has, again, been proven in a variety of places. Uh, it just... We need to create a more consistent time to uh, do it, like on a daily basis. And we can really affect the degree of violence on the planet. So that's uh, really the good news about this. We do have a power to do this. Um, we do have a power to heal the soul of the planet. So that's kind of how I'm starting for us to think about. I'm just laying that out uh, in the big thing. So in um, the UN, well, I think uh, the it says uh, in the preamble to the United Nations not that they follow it. Since wars are born in the minds of men, it is in the minds of men that we have to erect ramparts of peace. And that's, I think, the, the key uh, message here. Um, I, uh, President Eisenhower talked about people in the long run are going, to, are going to do more to promote peace than our governments. I think that's pretty clear. We are these, you know, we're the people, and our, this is our time. We have to act on it. So, you, you know, we don't have to be a genius to know that there's serious societal upheaval and the question of what to do, what to do. So we're going to, to look at what to do. Now, part of what we're also facing, as Marshall McLuhan talked about it, is 1967, Marshall McLuhan said, give a warning. You know, he said, well, we've reached such a critical point in our ability to absorb uh, and process the changes that are going around. It's really amazing that we still remain sane. In other words, we've reached like a critical point. Can we remain sane? <clears throat> That's a pretty good point. Well, was he right? As our new normal became a form of institutional insanity, we've heard different people talk about mass psychosis. 
okay, form of institutional insanity. That's kind of what we're talking about. Are we able to preserve our, you know, even to perceive that we've entered mass psychosis? Clearly people have said this. Clearly some of the leading doctors have, have said that. If everyone were collectively sharing, you know, because everyone's collecting, collectively sharing the same psychosis. So what do we do? Well, partly we need what I would call united noncompliance. In other words, somebody has to say the king's not wearing clothes. That's kind of what we're saying. And so in this process, spiritual truth has been lost. That's what we're dealing with. And because spiritual truth has been lost, we have become lost. That's why there's so much confusion, and it's amplifying in the world because we don't have the anchor of the spiritual truth, you know. And what spiritual truths are out there? Well, the different traditions. We have Ahimsa. You know, we have the uh, Yama and Niyamas, the do's and don'ts. We have the ten speakings. We have these things in the different traditions that clearly give a clarity about how to live morally and ethically on the planet so there isn't this chaos. And the the spiritual truth, okay, that's been lost, we have to do something to find it again. That's kind of what we're saying, you know. It springs, you know, from the very sacred nature of life and also nature, as Richard was talking a little bit longer. So we're not in cooperation with life. And we see it. We see people doing a lot of disturbed things, okay? Um, we've lost the map to life's territory. Um, and how do we regain it? So first of all, at the core of truth, spiritual truth, is the experience at some level of God. Now, the metaphors have been there for thousands of years. Babylon, we talked about the, the state of Babylon, but Babylon is about confusion. It's a state of confused and uncertain uh, mind. What are we doing? You know, of course, in Babylon or with Nimrod, they were uh, building the Tower of Babel to, you know, to do things they shouldn't be doing. I'm not sure what that was. And they got confused. God gave them different languages. And they couldn't finish the building. Um, and that's kind of a little bit. People are being destroyed for lack of knowledge because we've forgotten the law of the, of the divine that comes through in all the great traditions. And we have all the confusion. I mean, we can pick all kinds of things where there's confusion. There, uh, so I'll start with a little point. You know, it's not transphobic to tell the truth. What, what, what do we know statistically about certain things? It's just an example of the confusion. Obviously, it's been highly uh, politicized, but for uh, at least 20 years, this doctor at uh, Yale uh, studied 
transgenders and, and, and what he found is that they have a high degree of mental uh, uh, illness and they're 19 times more prone to be considering suicide and have depression and anxiety but also their rate of suicide is five times higher now that's just hardcore fact that's not making you transphobic it's just like, okay, but see, what's going on in our society is there's a deliberate deliberate effort to confuse people about their sexual identity. So if you look at the statistics, it's like, well, one set of statistics shows that uh, uh, boys that are confused about their sexual identity, about 98% have to get through puberty and get into the late teens, kind of do get the idea that they're boys, they're men. And women, uh, about 88%, who have confused sexual identity. Now, what I'm also saying is it's fairly normal for kids before the uh, sexual hormones and people go through puberty to have some confusion, but we're making it way worse. We're, we're essentially traumatizing our kids, particularly if we end up uh, hormonally or surgically altering them before they reach an age where they can actually get clear where they are. Okay? And, of course, there's lots of stories of, you know, trans surgeries and regret. And we know that they're not saying it, but some of these, like Lupron, is a hormone that drops your IQ. Well, you don't know it until you go through it, and something, you know, you you lose 8 or 10 points uh, off your IQ. So we're doing these things that, you know, really hurts. You know, uh, there's a a thing I call who is a woman, and it's like, okay, this is a deep philosophical question. Uh, A Supreme Court judge uh, nominee, she says, oh, I don't know, I'm not a biologist. Well, well, okay, let's get clear. You're not a biologist, that's good. You're a woman. You've had babies. You have ovaries. You have a vagina. What what do you mean? You don't know what a woman is. And, no, not to mock the new Supreme Court justice, but the point is, there's something wrong here. If somebody at that level of education has the audacity to pretend she doesn't know what a woman is, we or the mental illness, depending on how you want to look at it, we're in deep trouble. I mean, if these people are making major decisions at, at high societal levels, they sign on a woman is and say, wait, what, what happened here? But it's also a political issue too, you know? Um because the world becomes an illusion of propaganda lies. You know, facts are woven into fiction. Fiction is woven into facts. Uh, something just happened in the swimming world. This uh, guy called, calls himself William Thompson, who just decides he's a woman and he's winning all the, uh, the swimming meet medals. And, and, and now the international swim, I think it's called Finn. I said, no, if you're a man 
at the time of puberty, you cannot call yourself a woman and compete with women. Now, that was a huge thing. Well, people were pretty upset because you can make these statements about transphobia, but the fact is the women on the swim team work real hard, but they can't compete with a, a guy. I mean, he's like much taller and stronger. It's like there's no... Yeah, he's taking hormones, but it doesn't make a difference after puberty. It doesn't make a significant difference. It has a difference. And so they just came out and said, no, you know, he he can't compete in women's swim meets because he was a man hormonally, muscularly, after puberty. But yet we're even having that discussion says we've lost some kind of clarity, you know, uh, of basics. Are you a man or woman? Are you a biological man or woman? Well, we, I don't know. What type of birth? I don't know. Well, you do know your bio, you know, with a rare exception, you certainly do know about your biological man or biological woman. You have excess XX chromosomes as a woman and XY as a man. You can look, you can see the cells, it isn't so hard, you can see the external genitalia. Of course, your choice of gender identification, that's not the same thing. And nobody wants to deny anybody those choices, but the society is deliberately, and I'm going to say deliberately, I'm saying that deliberately, creating uh, an, uh, a uh, uh, an air of confusion or mass psychosis and uh, if you don't know you're a man or woman that's, from a psychiatrist's point of view you need to, to question your sanity okay now does that mean you know every person who wants to be transgender is is psychotic no it doesn't mean that but there's a higher percentage according to the research that's actually out there but the bigger picture is, is, is more is a deeper issue. So I'm just giving you that as an example. The big issue is what is truth? Okay, whose truth is this? Is all truth relative? These are the big issues. That's why I brought that up. You can say, well, this guy Lee Thomas is fine. You know, he's he identifies with him. That's good, but. But he's bigger and stronger than all the women. It's not fair. And a lot of the women feel that way. And the polls do not support that. It's, you know, at least 80% feel it's not fair. But in, in the relativistic world, we all have our own truth. We're the god of our own galaxies. Okay? Uh, are we going to Really, just say everything's subjective and whatever I believe is what is. Now, that's where we get into psychosis from a psychiatric point of view. If you're a biological man and you're saying, this is what I, you know, but I'm a woman, okay. Um, and that, the psychosis is that the rest of society goes along with that. And we have the king has no clothes. The little kid wasn't informed that he was politically incorrect. So it's 
the reason I'm pointing out is that's just, just the most blatant thing. Okay, so gender ideology is what we're talking about is a pathway to get people to avoid objective reality and choose subjective reality. Now, once you go down that pathway, we're out of the gender issue. We're talking about subjective reality for everything in your life. You know, I saw an interview, what is a woman, and the woman said, well, I don't know. And the guy interviewed says, do you know what a dog is? Of course I know what a dog is. Well, do you have to be a dog to know what a dog is? The woman walked away. Because she was saying, well, if you're not a woman, you can't really answer that question anyway. Well, fine. You know what a dog is? Yeah, I know what a dog is. Yeah, well, but you don't have to be a dog to know what a dog is. Okay. You don't have to become a dog. So uh, those are the kind of issues you know we're, we're looking at. What's the goal here? What's the goal? Skip the gender thing, because that's just an example. It's the destruction of societies. That's what we're talking about. It's the destruction of any clarity of objective reality. And uh, that's what we're talking about. If you don't have objective reality, if you don't have the ten speakings, you don't have the yama niyamas, you don't have biological reality, you know, I thought it was good that uh, Jenner, uh, former Bruce Jenner, really said, you know, this is true about the swimming. It's not fair. So people are actually speaking up including transgenders. Because if you kind of have any sense of reality, you get this guy swimming. This is not right. It's unfair to all the women. Okay? So it's that kind of thing. And the concern is everybody's told to believe a certain way or politically incorrect. I'm kind of stepping off the, uh, you know, into those those waters because people need to do this. We actually need to step up and stop being a politically correct PC, or I'm going to say perversion of consciousness PC, and say the king doesn't have clothes. And the more people who say the king doesn't have clothes, this is crazy, that's how we begin to get out of this uh, world where we're all in subjective reality rather than objective reality. And that's kind of what we're feeling. It's like, whose truth are we talking about? Everybody makes up their own truth. A lot of chaos, a lot of confusion, a lot of crime, a lot of misery. And let's say, get clear, a lot more suicide. Because People can't really handle the level of confusion. And, but if you're thinking politically, just for a second, the subjective reality of all this, you know, when a Supreme Court judge says, oh, I don't know what a woman is. you got to be a biologist? No, I don't think so. Um, is actually the destruction of society. Because people are so confused and so fearful of, of even... Speaking out, 
That's why I say gender identity is just one little one example of the situation. We have to get to the basic issues that's being challenged. What is truth? If we can't answer that, then we're, as a society, we're in in a, a deep, deep difficulty. And that's really kind of the, the bigger point of uh, what I want to say here. Now, I'm going to just call Richard in for a little discussion, then we're going to go into this meditation, and then we're going to talk about that, too, in a minute. So, Richard, if there's anything you want to say, um, you know, I, I kind of make I think media is the, the virus and people's behavior is the pandemic and the cure is common sense. Yeah, and com- where does common sense come from? I think that's a outgrowth. Well, that's objective reality I'm talking about. Consciousness, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it's a very complex issue, even though it seems obvious, because the so-called reality that we're in is being generated inside our own consciousness and brains and senses and all that. But we're, we have a common structure we're spirit we hit we're working through mind and walking around in these costumes called bodies and we're not the body it gets into a pretty deep issue but i think the body is clearly male or female i mean there there could be some rare anomalies that like birth defects that people are born with occasionally that have characteristics of both are neither sexist, that's true. And that's not a political issue, it's just biology. But for the very vast majority, bodies of mammals are either male or female. And if you mutilate them, they don't switch. The DNA is still the same. So it's really clear. And where this is coming from, even though these groups think that they're the origin of it, it's coming from the organization with a very small number at the top that's working on destroying sanity for the purpose of control and extermination. Right. That's what people have to get. Yeah. It's It's not not about politics or people's feelings. It's it's about perverted consciousness that they're creating so people can be enslaved. Yeah, it's very sophisticated mind programming and it's emotional programming so that if anybody questioned it, you're not programmed to discuss it. You're programmed to get mad, you know, and start fighting. And that guarantees that you can't resolve the issue. So um, reconnecting people to who they really are so would be, I think, the antidote if we can do that, when we can do that. Because otherwise you fall for things like thinking that some evil doctor in the hospital randomly assigned you a gender. Right. Anybody with consciousness would know that that is completely laughable, ridiculous stuff. That that never happens. You know, it's... it's, The new Supreme Court justice was um, speaking on behalf of insanity, and maybe she really is a victim of it completely. Maybe she's not trying to be crazy. But it's not unclear what the genders are. Now, everybody's got a completely different and unique identity on the emotional level. 
and their real identity, which is not the body. And that's always been unique. But that has nothing to do with whether you're born as a man or a woman. Right. I mean, the point is, we're not the body. We're not the mind. We're right. that spark of the divine. Yes. And if we identify with the body, it's confusion. If you identify with your gender, it's confusion spiritually. Right. Yeah. And, and the ultimate reality, that's true. Yeah. And the then I have that in my books. There's nothing really... It's kind of obvious, but most people are identifying with their bodies, and it's profoundly mentally disturbing to, to play with people's kind of sense of reality. That's why I call it per- PC, perversion of consciousness, and that is damaging people in a big way. And that's why we have five times more suicide, 19 yeah. times more suicidal ideation. What do you like- identifying with the body as soon as you identify that that's who you actually are that's the groundwork for division and fighting well it's also a groundwork for really really dull uh, contraction of consciousness right right from a spiritual point of view and the idea that somebody arbitrarily assigned you a gender is just so ridiculous I mean you almost don't know what to say about that well we are saying something. We are saying that is the king has no clothes, and you get punished if you say the king has no clothes. Yes. But the more people who say it, the king may notice he doesn't have any clothes and stops being psychotic. Yeah, and get some so better. We, so we have to stand up uh, to these issues um, to protect our children, to protect ourselves, really. To accept what isn't true as true is very, very mentally disturbing, and that's what they're trying to, to do. Right, and they're doing it on at many levels, but at least two of the causes for people actually falling for this nonsense and to the point of mutilating their own bodies and then committing suicide. I mean, that's not their fault. Nobody's, nobody should be hated because of being confused about this stuff. It's, it's not their fault. Right. And, and they're being pushed into it to damaging themselves and getting confused by very sophisticated uh, emotional mind programming as, at the same time as gender-altering chemicals. And it's been really well established that the chemicals that we're using, not we, but farmers are being convinced to use to grow food with the idea that you put poison on your food and then you eat it. That's really not very smart. Well, it also uh, alters your, like it alters your your male-female identifications. Yeah. And uh, it's destroying humanity for that reason, because the sperm count's going way down. Yeah. We can't be fertile, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, if farmers regain consciousness, they would never use this garbage. It's not just Roundup that's, you know, pervasive. It's things like atrazine that are less famous uh, that are well-known in animals to actually change the behavior to the opposite gender. And that's being eaten by people, by billions of people every day. And so things happen, and it's really obvious that certainly to a psychiatrist, but to anybody else, that chemicals alter your whole perception of yourself in reality. Right. 
that's being done. And your biology you know, affects yeah. it. It affects your mind. So these are real things. And mothers who that are eating the or you know the junk food, inorganic things, their kids in the womb are actually being altered. Right. You know, consciously. Their brains are being altered. Yeah, because the natural gender of a male or a female, they don't have the same brain structure. Right. It's not just DNA. And that can be changed with toxic chemicals. So the idea that it's safe to eat anything grown with poison is not exactly true. It's very dangerous. So that's the sadness that we're, we're facing is, is that uh, what we can do, we need to do it now. You know, you know, and the problem is people feel disorganized and helpless. You know, like, well, yeah, that sounds reasonable, but I'm this person who's totally controlled and limited in my life. I can't do anything about it. You know, I'm just a victim. So that's kind of where we're going to go into the second part of this. But uh, one of the things that is is that uh, there there's research back to 1996 by uh, Dr. Glenn Ryan who actually shows that you you can bring your DNA back to normal. Consciousness can alter DNA. Right. Okay. That was a paper he wrote. Now, what what's the good news is that, is that we're we're being altered in a variety of ways because, um, as you point out, you know the propaganda affects your consciousness. You know the atrazine in the food or the water affects your consciousness, but and the mRNA can alter your DNA. That's been a Clearly proven at this point with with the, uh, you know with the liver cells they've been showing that they they are really being altered. Okay, that being said, we have the power to bring it back. Yes, to normal. And that's kind of what's taking us into this next little meditation. Uh, is a, a guided visualization meditation. This is something that I'm really going to ask people to, you know, it, it works. I mentioned it drops the crime rate 43%, 49%. You know, not a lot of people, 350 people meditating in, in uh, <clears throat> the state of Rhode Island did that. So let me interject one question with that point, and that is that people might be thinking, well, yeah, consciousness can change physical reality, which is true. It's been demonstrated just needs to be a bigger scale. But if that's true, why do we need to worry about, you know, whether you're eating organic food and physical detox and all? Just be spiritual. Why do we need to be so careful physically? Because, that's a perfect spiritual nutrition question, because you want to spend all your time trying to bring things back into order rather than if you just be aligned with nature. You can spend all your identity focused on the deeper truths. So you work on both levels at once. Yeah, you take care. I mean, you take care of your physical body, 
and that gives you the time to expand spiritually. Because when you're eating right, exercising, doing all these things right, you're creating a simple lifestyle that helps you become a superconductor of the divine. So everything's amplified. And, and so the answer is really there. Um, when I was uh, working with Swami Mukhananda and uh, as a psychiatrist also, among other things, I got referred to all the people who were having trouble with the Kundalini. That was just a little much for their systems. And what I observed is a lot of them started eating meat. Well, you know, you're in the yoga tradition, you don't eat meat, fish, chicken, or dirt. Okay, fine. Okay. But they're eating meat. Why are they doing it? Because it slowed it down. So meat, fish, chicken, and dairy, you know, act as a sludge to the spiritual energy. That's how I figured that, you know, wrote the book, was seeing how people were handling it. It's like, okay, I can hear that. Let's slow it down. Let's get on top of the energy and, and, and integrate it and then go back to this, you know, traditional uh, vegan diet. So the, the point I'm making is people kind of, adjust, you know, even though it seems uh, unusual, but our diet affects consciousness. Therefore, you want to pick a diet that's going to best generally help you become a superconductor of the divine, which is the vegan, 100% vegan, 80% live food. Now, everybody's different, but we're talking about the general average person in that question. So, of course, you don't want to spend time trying to undo your DNA from all the, you know, poisons that are in the food that's not organic. Why, why, why should you spend time that way when you can just learn to eat, create a simple lifestyle that leads you to liberation? That's kind of the answer to the question. Choice of what you're drinking all day, too, right? Yeah, well, what you're eating and drinking, right. Yeah. Including the water. I'm hearing there's a push to put fluoride back in the water. Yeah, and fluoride is a generic term that actually includes a mix of toxins. Yeah, but the point is we know fluoride lowers your IQ. That was uh, you know proven at Harvard when they studied fluoride in the water. It affects your consciousness. Um, it dulls your you know uh, your your clarity of mind. Um, and it also is a carcinogen. It increases the rate of cancer. So if they're willing to put fluoride back on, wow, that's pretty serious. So it makes sense to purify your water, go through the energy of purifying your water, and go through the energy of, you know, getting organic food. So you're minimizing the societal inputs on the physical plane as well as the other planes. That's, how, that's really the answer to that question. You want to minimize it so you can focus on the core truths. Yeah. And, and you were saying how people adjust to things and start considering them normal when they're not normal. And, and that's, the, that's the point I'm making. What's truth? Is it all relative? And then everybody buys a relative upside-down world. You know, that brings me to a quote that I have, which is Isaiah 520. And it's like, how did he know this? 
I think we may have mentioned before. There are those who call evil good and good evil, who present darkness as light and light as darkness, who present bitter sweet and sweet as bitter. That's what we're talking about. And so as a prophet, he said, this is what's going to happen. Well, here we are, folks. And that's what Marshall McLuhan was talking about. It's like, are we going to just accept a group insanity or are we going to kind of to stay grounded with the understanding? And I think that's the, the key kind of teaching and key question in this picture. Yeah, we're in a really unusual situation. The major corporate media is promoting insanity. Any yes. insanity. Division, fighting, hatred, despair, dependency on government, you know, everything to take you away from yourself. And from God, and also to enslave you. Right. Divide and conquer, right? We've heard that before. So all that is going on. It's deliberate. And they're taking advantage of these normal points in people's lives where, you know, hey, I'm not sure whether I'm gay or not. Gay. Okay, fine. You know, just don't worry about it. And you'll, it will unfold, it will unfold for you. Okay, but rather than you make a big case of it, now they're trying to outlaw therapies to help people who are confused about that. It's like, they're deliberately trying to block people's mental health and create this kind of more more or less mass psychosis. That's what they are doing, and that's where, you know, again, different doctors have actually come out and said that. I think you didn't say that. Did actually say what? Mass psychosis. The, the word mass psychosis in regard to the bioweapon injections. Yeah. So what we're in is a consciousness test to see if we can get it back and how, yeah. how quickly. And what I'm seeing is a lot of people are flunking and a lot and a good number, more and more and more people are passing the test. They're not playing. You know, uh, but what's not happening quite is excuse me, what is happening is more and more people are actually standing up and saying something. Yeah. You know, when, when Caitlyn Jenner, Jenner, Jenner uh, who transitioned from a man to a woman, says, you know, this is right about the swimming. You, it's, not, it's unfair to have, you know, people past puberty who are male suddenly just change their mind and compete against women. And you see it in the martial arts. I mean, just no contest between, a, uh, you know, a trans male who be used acting as a trans woman in martial arts, that the women don't have a, you know, a reasonable chance. So this is harming people. So people are speaking up. Those are specifics, but more and more people are speaking up. Right. And I think that's what's important in the, in the story. You know, humans and their, in their actual normal state are so spectacular and I don't, I don't think we've seen any in history fully. And it brings up the question, what's 100% normal? What, is it, what would it look like? Even physically, we, it would be something amazing. Well, you know, it's, 
It's a rhetorical question, right? But but if you just play with it for a second, you can say when you're totally aligned with the will of God and the unfolding of your destiny in your life. Right. I'm but who's to say what just what that is? You can say, well, I'm inspired to do this and go out and shoot a bunch of people. Well, you know, so so here's my three criteria. So you know, you can't get away with that. You can't say, well, I'm guided by God. I'm hearing God's voice, and I'm going to go ahead and shoot all these people in school. Well, I don't think so. So here's what you need. You have your intuitive guidance. You have the advice of your elders, your spiritual elders, who you have to get feedback from to to give you some grounding. And the third is historical uh, reality of morals and ethics. It has to pass those three tests before you can just act out whatever you want. So there's a solution to that. That makes sense what I said? Yeah, I'm just saying that when we get back to who we actually are and are living from that awareness, are we're not even going to look the same physically. Everything's going to be different. And when it when anybody, even a small group, fully gets that, I suspect that's going to be very contagious, and it's, the wave is going to sweep the world. That's what I'm counting on. So let's get, let's get the wave started. Yeah. I'm going to just explain a few things about this meditation. Yeah, uh, we may not actually do dancing because it's getting a little late, but um, here's the basis of the Peace 21 meditation. We believe world peace is an attainable reality. That's a good start. We believe that the power of the mind is the most powerful human force on the planet. That's exactly what we've been talking about. We believe that by focusing the power of thought and the service of peace, world peace can prevail. That's the, the key. We believe world peace will more quickly come when people from diverse backgrounds, ages, political viewpoints, and religious and spiritual beliefs are willing to come together in one location, in the spirit of cooperation, to meditate, visualize, and pray for peace. So that's the point. We believe that from the place of inner peace, we have more energy and wisdom to continue our efforts to be part of a worldwide movement to create outer peace. Through meditation, we create peace by being peace. This is what Mahatma Gandhi said. Our armaments have failed already. Let us now be in search of something new. Let us try the force of love and God, which is truth. That's kind of the essence of kind of how we're looking at that at this moment. Now, one other thing I want to just prepare people for is... Uh, affirmations, as I said, uh, Dr. Glenn Ryan said that we we can literally, by the power of our mind, uh, reorganize our DNA again. So I'm going to use the word true scalar field. It's not the same as scalar field. 
So true scalar field is when uh, our eyeness is directly connected to the center point of God. The scalar field can go through different dimensions, but it's not pointed to the center point of God. That's the difference. Okay? Um, so what we're going to do now is activating our, uh, our true scalar field uh, and feel ourselves aligned with the primal center point of source or God. Um, and when that happens, our total sovereignty becomes restored. Our total sovereignty is restored. And then, as a totally sovereign being, not enslaved, not mentally confused, uh, not mentally controlled by all the, the games that uh, the media is playing and the, all the things that we're facing, okay? As a spiritually sovereign person, we command that all dark forces are fully detached from our complete being. That's the key point. A fully empowered sovereign being. And that's what this meditation is about. And these dark forces are burned up by the fire of God. Okay, now one other point. The dark side often says, well, they didn't stand up, therefore they considered. Well, no. Uh, so we're, we're making a point more clearly. It's called the universal law of consent. I hereby do not consent to any dark forces, over covert, uh, deceptive, okay, without full disclosure. I don't consent to any mind-controlled and or forced agendas. So we're making a clear statement of uh, spiritual independence, um, total spiritual sovereignty, and in that state, we do not consent to what's being done to us. That is a very, very key thing, because the dark says, well, they didn't oppose it, therefore they consented, which is the what they say. Just need to understand, that is what they say. And we're saying, no, for the universal law of consent, I don't consent to any dark forces, agendas, technologies, you know, uh, mind control, you know, forced agendas which is exactly what we've been talking about, okay? So this is part of how we break out of this. Um, and that's where we're going. And, and what I mentioned, I'm not going to do it in the meditation, but um, we're, we're talking about halogen warfare, in other words, chlorine, uh, chlorine, bromine, all of our consciousness, iodine reverses that. Uh, the toxic vaccine, quote, bioweapon ingredients, uh, scalar weaponry, individual DNA, uh, remote control obedience, genocide platforms. So these are things we've, we've talked about. Um, synthetic biology, artificial intelligence, uh, injectable remote control computing systems, graphene oxide, graphene hydroxide, and it goes on. You know, the uh, smart dust, which is secret militarized armaments and residential technology. Okay, all that's happening. And we are 
I'm going to show you a simple uh, meditation visualization that can help you undo this. Okay, that's the, the bottom line is spiritual sovereignty is regained and we do not give our consent for this being done to us. Therefore, um, cosmically we're protected. And that has a, has a lot of meaning. Because the dark side, again, as the third time I'm saying it, counts on us not using the universal law of consent not to consent. Because that's the way it works cosmically. If you don't consent, they can't, they have no right to do anything to you. Uh, okay, so let's just uh, go into meditation for a second, close our eyes, repeat the, the name of the divine, Yoda, and then breath, hey, and that breath, wah, and then breath, hey, and that breath. The name of God and the Moses at the Burning Bridge. Yod for the base. Up to the heart, hey, hey out through the heart. Wah from the base up to the third eye, hey out through the heart again. Merging the heart and mind. So just take a moment and just focus on my eyes as I'm doing this because the cosmic energy is coming through to kind of activate your soul energy. Okay, just meditate for a minute or two. So feel this upward energy reaching up to the multi-levels of heavens, reaching the center point of God, and releasing a downward-flowing energy that comes around the planet Earth, comes up from the base of the planet Earth, through all the energy centers in the Earth, coming into our feet, rising up into the Lytic gland, which is the source of the sacred feminine energies, two finger breaths below the uh, belly button and three finger breaths deep, and the energies going into that, and there's a release of this white pearlescent energy, rotating counterclockwise, going up through all our energy centers, going up the cosmic Jacob's ladder back to the center point of God. When it reaches the center point of God, there's another release of energy of a downward flow, masculine energy. Uh, and it, as it enters the body, the whole body gets filled with light and the pineal gland is activated. Pineal gland is the sacred masculine 
center point of energy, and it's going downward with a clockwise rotation. So we have downward, sacred masculine, upward, sacred feminine, and they meet in the heart, thymus area, like the line kind of across from armpit to armpit, that, uh, about that point there. And there's a huge explosion of white light. And that white light, white fluorescent light, is beginning to burn up all the dark force energies in the system, all the bioelectrical magnetic uh, circuitry that's been in place, that's come in through the air and to the bioweapon injections to the water. Um, all that has been neutralized. And all the uh, circuitry is put in that's connected to uh, circuitry outside the, uh, of our being that affects our mind, all the propaganda energy that affects our mind, all that's being eliminated. And there's a free, beautiful flow of this cosmic energy and, and as if we're in a tube, and that tube expands, burning up all the dark forces all the dark forces expands the, over the planet, and you see the two going down to the center of the earth, destroying, burning up all the dark forces within, uh, underneath the planet's surface, all the way down to the center, and also in the atmosphere. And now it continues to expand out through planet Earth to the solar system, like the moon, the sun, the planets. It's burning up all access uh, of interdimensional pathways to dark forces that have been opened. And now it expands into the galaxy and, and now into the multi-universes. So we've cleared the dark forces. Now we go back to our own heart, where uh, heart planetary, which is this incredible sphere of beautiful light and let it expand in a, in a, a, a spherical way as it expands. Every person it touches is, gets activated into light. Every um, primate it touches, every mammal every fish, every amphibian, every reptile, every plant, every tree, all become transformed into light. And finally, the whole living planet is upgraded to a living planet of light and love and divine sound. And now that energy spreads out and surrounds the whole planet and radiates down again into humanity, filling it with light, love, and divine love. And the primates and the birds and the fish and the amphibians and the, and the reptiles and plants and trees and the whole living earth Comes a new residence, a higher residence of love and light and consciousness. And to seal that.
your spiritual sovereignty has been restored. Your DNA has come back into balance. And though with your spiritual sovereignty restored, you now have the power to lead a new life that brings light and love and divine sound into the planet and to all beings as we uplift the planet totally. And we again understand the difference between subjective reality and objective truth. And we are at peace again. Amen. Aho, Omatakyasin. Shalom, shalom, shalom. And I invite Richard to come back and we can talk about it for a minute. And then we'll end So, anything you want to say, Richard, you know, we can dialogue a little bit. I think the first thing that comes to my mind from what you just went through is the remembrance and reminder that the consciousness that we carry around, especially the emotional reality of it, is creating what we see around us and our experience of it. It's not, we're not just walking through some reality that exists by chance. We have a massive impact on it, every single person. And anybody that wakes up to that, even the most supposedly insignificant person among us can revolutionize everybody's reality because we're so connected. And you're just encouraging people to become aware of that influence and use it for good because everybody's walking around with this massive power to heal the planet and life on it. And one of the main focuses of our captors right now is to make sure we never become self-aware and use that, because if we do, they have no chance to keep the darkness dominant. And in fact, the way I see it, which is a minority point of view, we don't need to destroy, harm, or kill the captors. We, we have the power to wake them up. I mean, unimaginable power for healing. And they're living in the fear that we might ever remember and use that. So we might as well take their guidance and do it. Very good. Actually, we don't even have to take the guns. We have to just change the consciousness. And yeah. so as we change the planet and the consciousness of the planet, those who are ready to be affected, those who have not kind of gone too far, because I think we have to distinguish, there's a lot of people who could turn around here. That's right, including people involved in violence and murder yeah. on, on any scale. Because you just brought up a, a you know clue to that with these studies. The people who were influenced by the group meditation in the cities were not all really outwardly nice people. That included people involved in some very unpleasant stuff. And they, they changed. And that's just a hint of what could happen. 
Well, I'll tell you, Andrew, what could happen is I work with uh, teen groups, late late teen groups in the south side of Chicago, and these, and I would just go down there after work, uh, work at the University of Chicago during the summer, and, and you know, t- actually play tapes of Malcolm X and play basketball with everybody and did what we did. And no one got killed for two years. The day I moved from there to Central Harlem and Columbia Medical School, eight people got killed. Well, back back to their fake normal, I guess. Huh? That's right. So what I saw directly is no one got killed. In fact, our group, our gang, was about 300 kids. A minute, you know, uh, male and female. And um, we stopped a riot that was with thousands of people and no one got hurt. You know, literally the police were like, what, what just happened here? The gang stopped a riot? Nobody got killed? Nobody got hurt? What is going on? So that power is there, you know, and I know because I've... You just have to make it now. You have to make it now to yeah. take the... So that when you leave physically, it keeps going. Yeah. Well, you know, exactly. So there's strong forces. Right. And all I'm saying is, uh, you know, they wanted me not to go to medical school, stay here, work with everybody. It's like, but I, different thing. But I will tell you is when I lived in Central Harlem, um, for three years, and uh, we created a whole school health program, and it actually continued to expand because I had more of an infrastructure that we created. Exactly. So what teachers like you need to do, among other things, is make themselves unnecessary. Right. Creating an infrastructure that can carry it out. Structure and such massive change that the momentum can't stop anymore. Right. No, like in Cameroon, that's what we did. You know, food, this and that. Well, we have organic farms. We have about 55 organic organic farms now in Cameroon. As people became empowered, then people get into it. They're feeding people healthy food. I mean, I just want to note that Africans pretty much figured out do not take any vaccines, anything from the West. It's, it's yeah, deadly. Needs to so, take, take the, a hint from these brilliant... African people that still have common sense and that say, wait, you want to inject me with poison to change my DNA and keep me from ever being unhealthy. What's wrong with that picture? (laughs) Everybody should immediately recognize that. Nobody should fall for it. But these people in Africa, especially uh, including some of the leaders in Tanzania and other places, they were coherent enough to not fall for the hoax. And Most, yeah. Anybody, anybody could get that back. Yeah. They, well, they learned to distrust the Bill Gates. You know, India, Bill Gates isn't even allowed because of, yeah. um, he killed so many people with a contaminated wow. HPV virus. Yeah, they paid know. heavily for that wisdom, you know, watching the damage. So they may not know the whole science, but they uh, certainly have what kind of street-wise wisdom not to trust the Westerners, you know. 
Yeah, so the their vaccines and so forth. And they have the lowest rate. And I think Nigeria has one of the lowest rates of COVID as a result of all that. Right, right. Yeah, nature has everything required to be healthy. And in fact, a lot of those African countries like Cameroon and others not far from the equator, they have a great opportunity to grow organic food all, all year round. Yes. Right. And it, it's sustainable. Yeah. So, yeah, so you need the infrastructure. You know, it, it takes a while to build that, but yeah. And sure. infrastructure for everything needs to be redone now from scratch. I mean, life, life-friendly approach. Yeah. So that's what we're, you know, that's what we're up to. That's what the diabetes prevention program. That's how you got to have good food and stop with the sugar and the soft drinks and get filtered water. So we have about, I don't know, 32 wells. We're trying to get more, you know, where people can get actually fresh water. Yeah, that's incredible. So, you know, that's that's how you do it, you know. You get you get people healthy food and clean water. Makes a big difference. And water carries um, strong consciousness within it. It's not inanimate, right? That's right. So, so natural water can have a great healing effect. Yeah. It's kind so, of exciting. We, we don't have to live in a totally poisoned world. And the real environmental concern and consciousness is not a political division issue. You don't have to be liberal or conservative or anything like that. You just have to know, hmm, is cutting off our life support system a really smart strategy? Probably it's, not. it's called common sense. Yeah, that needs to come back. And that, that is with any group of people. That's really what we're talking about. Yes, exactly. That, that would take care of it. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to have to take care of it. Yeah. See, yeah. the enough people have to get up and say the king doesn't have any clothes. Yeah, remind people of where to see that story because everybody should read and study that short fable. I can't remember because it was like, years ago, you know, but it stuck with me because our work is about doing that, you know. We'll have to look it up. You can look up, anybody can look up, I would recommend not on Google, but on DuckDuckGo or Brave or something like that, um, the best one you can find. Look up The Emperor's New Clothes. Okay, hold on. Five minutes to read it. Let Let me see if I can find it as we're talking. Yeah. I should remember the author, and I don't, so you can tell us right now as soon as you see it. Right. But it applies exactly to what's going on in the world right now, and if you get the lesson from that and absorb it, um, it could change your whole life. Very important fable. And it's just a matter of uh, getting your common sense back and looking at it clear observation without being brainwashed. So, The Emperor's New Clothes is a literary folktale written by Danish author Hans Christian Andersen. Oh yeah, I forgot. Right, Hans About Christian. a main emperor who got exposed before his subjects. Um, yeah, just it's written by Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah. You don't have to buy anything. You can just look it up online and read it. 
Yeah, yeah. The tale's been translated into over 100 languages. Right. And just, you know, see what it means in your own personal life circumstances. And it, it's amazing. And fortunately, there are some neat things like that that you can read. So, Hayden's Christian Hymns, 1837. Yeah. Yeah, just because people were around a long time ago doesn't mean that they weren't wiser than the majority today. But everybody's got wisdom buried under the programming, and you can get it back. We need to so, get it back to each other. Since the entire kingdom, uh, there's two tailors who are just being smart, but the entire kingdom, tell of an entire kingdom that ignores the obvious for fear of judgment, will need to be called out by a child. Right. It's so fitting. Everybody was worried about what somebody else would think. Right. And uh, once we realized that where we actually come from were not our costumes, we're beings, formless beings of spirit living in these costumes temporarily. And then we realized we're all in the same family and on a deeper level than that. We're the same being in different identities. And once that gets clear, the hatred of anybody or the fighting or the division, it's all over. So you can get it on Amazon, the Folktale Classics hardcover. That would be neat, yeah. So uh, there we go. Um, I just think it's, it's great. 1837. So they already figured out what this was about long ago. Yeah. We're not bringing up anything new, except it's so amplified and it's deadly. And they didn't even have a smartphone to check it, you know, fact check it or anything. That's right. Still figured it out. So good. Uh, anything more, Richard, that comes to your mind? Well, what, what do you want us to work on this week until we see you again? <laughs> I don't know. It always changes. But I, I think the theme that's most important is really looking at the the what's going on in the society to have a say up is down and down is up. Bitter is sweet, sweet is bitter. That prophecy is very profound. And I think the, the, the steady thing to do, uh, the, the to study and to examine is all the ways we've been propagandized to go against our common sense. Right. Political correctness is political, you know, as they say, confusion. And how they're deliberately confusing us and therefore we become disempowered. So that's, and the second thing is how do we regain our spiritual sovereignty? We go hand in hand. Sorry, I didn't hear the last part. You're breaking up. How do we regain our spiritual sovereignty? It's, it's, it's equivalent to self-awareness. It's yeah. A, it's a and, and the thing is, this is part of the, the you know what we do between this week and next is look at that gaining our spiritual sovereignty and also you know how we have let in all these untruths. And obviously, when we stop, when we see those, we stop accepting them. Then we we gain the spiritual side. Yeah. 
You want to get more into that next time? Uh, maybe. I don't always know what I'm going to do. That's the thing, right? But uh, that would be a way to go because it's extremely important. Yeah. You know, I can talk about the six foundations and seven full pace and that. That's how you more naturally do it. Maybe that would be good to do. Yeah, it's been presented in different formats like that for longer than we know. Yeah. And it comes down to the same basic stuff. Great. Sounds good. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Richard. And may everyone be blessed that we wake up to our own spiritual sovereignty that's dealing with the objective reality of who we are in the physical plane as well as the uh, spiritual reality, which is we are none of it. And we're beyond identification with the body and the mind. Absolutely right. Oh, amen. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Om shanti, shanti, shanti. Om We'll see you in a few minutes next week. Yeah. Um, okay, so I don't know what else to say. Dr. Cousins covered it. And once you get the message of the Emperor's New Clothes, which I really do think, you know, try not to forget to read that as soon as we're off the air, if not sooner. And the world is full of physical beauty. Nature still works. Fortunately, that's not gone. It could come back to health. But the beauty that's missing from that now is the consciousness of humans. And when that comes back to match the beauty of nature, then this place is its still not our permanent home, but it could be incredible. Um not just for a few, but everybody who lives here. And so when you when you go back to your regular life from this broadcast, so to speak, try not to go back to a life of habitual reactions to everything and start watching yourself, your your mentality, the chatter that you carry in your mind, and especially the emotions, you know, Look at how often we're, we're programmed to critique and condemn and fight with people of whatever group you think is the bad group and, you know, whoever's wrong, whoever's the political enemy or the psychological enemy or even the rulers that are killing people on purpose, which they're doing as we speak. If you react with hatred against those people or anybody else, you're ruining the, the very frequency that you need to get your own clarity back. So while is this delicate balance, you know, it's not jumping on one side or the other. It's realizing, yeah, as long as the world is really um, barbaric, we absolutely need and, and have our unalienable rights, including self-defense and the ability to be armed. And that's critical. That's not just a Republican thing or a conservative thing. That's common sense. Countries that take that away have some really bad problems after that. But that's not the answer. You know, we have to stop identifying with factions and realize who you are 
And once you realize who you are, then inevitably you realize who everybody else is and you've got, which is the same as you, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself. You hear it of that somewhere. And you can't do that if, unless they are yourself in another form, which is really true. Um, so compassion is not just for the good guys. It's for everybody and it's honest. And then you lose your interest in arguing and fighting and division and racial nonsense of hating one race or another or a social group or um, black or white or trans or non-trans or, you know, any of that stuff. You just say, this is not even interesting. We're all in the same family and we, we're here to learn and grow and get our consciousness back to normal and support each other doing that. We're not here for the war machine on any level. And you're really important. That's what Dr. Cousins was leading up to. That you're not one insignificant person out of eight billion. You have this limitless healing power for the planet and you're walking around with it. And the main focus of a brainwashing from our rulers is to make sure we, do, we never remember that. So let's remember it. Get it back. Encourage each other and uh, realize the incredible value of your time. Watch your emotional state that you're carrying around. Use it well. It's, it's broadcasting, <clears throat> excuse me, more, more definitely than any Internet, and it's reaching everybody, and you're deciding what to broadcast. So anyway, we're over time. So stay in touch, lostartsradio.com. Um, Help us stay on the air if you want to, if you've got resources to do that. Donate button at lostartsradio.com and a subscribe star link that does the same thing. <clears throat> but help us share the links. We're almost totally taken off of some platforms, but we're on a lot of others, fortunately. And uh, give us your feedback. There's a contact form, lostartsradio.com. There's also a bunch of free articles and videos posted almost every day. I'm late doing that for today, but it'll be up soon. And I'm still trying to get a handle on the time enough to start doing some uh, Voice in the Wilderness videos again. So watch for those, hopefully, to come out soon. And mainly take care of yourself. Get back to who you actually are, which is incredible. And just by being that consciously, you're going to affect the whole world in a massive way. Don't believe what the brainwashing said. You're beyond description and you're all something incredible based on where you came from and where your source is. It's still there. It's right in front of you, all through you. It's not, it hasn't gone anywhere. We went somewhere and we need to come back. So thanks for spending the time with us. I really appreciate you very much and look forward to seeing you again soon. Take care. Have a good night or day wherever you are in the world and we'll talk to you shortly.